interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hello and welcome to the Salt Report, where two of the internet's saltiest nerds dish out all their salt about video games, comics, cosplay, movies, and all things nerdy. I'm Kay, and with me tonight is Jesse. Yo. And the sponsor in our hearts is Victor Hugo and the Hunchback of Notre Dame, which made Notre Dame the tourist destination it is, or was, until today. Yeah. But we'll talk about that. I, so, interestingly enough, if anybody's ever read The Hunchback and you were going into it expecting one of the many movie adaptions where it's more focused on, like, you know, how we treat monsters or people we perceive as monsters, human beings that we dehumanize and blah, 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 blah. Uh, The book has none of that. Um, Nope. And it's like a long-ass love letter to Notre Dame de Paris, um, as well as... Think like Moby Dick, which is not... Which is only like 25% exciting story about a fisherman getting revenge on a whale, and mostly an extremely dry, boring textbook about whaling. Yeah, and like, a a huge interesting part of this is that, um, as we... I, I think we've kind of talked about this before, but the idea of like sorry preserving historical buildings and art and val like in um especially preserving buildings wasn't necessarily a thing at the time that that book was written he was very interested in like preserving history through architecture and art um and especially like as you move towards like industrialism like buildings being knocked down in order to create more efficient buildings for proficiency in exporting goods um rather than you know good old capitalism back at it again at Krispy Kreme um, rather than respecting something for its historic value and what it means as a monument to the creativity of mankind. So he was very interested in uh, per- preserving that aspect of it. He, uh, like, I I find it fascinating how much that building has been through. I mean, I'll talk about it more later. But I remember, like, today I walked up to my teacher um, because we were it's spring break but we were working on the the magazine that i work on and i walked up to him and i was like um victor hugo is rolling in his fucking grave right now because the notre dame de paris is on fire and like i and all like that was my first thought because like this entire story is just like a huge love letter to um that building but uh We'll talk more about that later. Some bad news and some good news. So, he, but yep. it, it just thought it was thematic to have that be the sponsor in our hearts. All right, and with that, we'll move into our pre-salt. Um, last week. Jesse and I played the Easter event, Hatching Tide 2019, for Final Fantasy XIV. Um, <laughs> if you'd actually heard our chat, you might have thought we weren't having a good time. <laughs> you know what? I You know why I said earlier, um, b- before we started recording, you not only cheated the game, but you cheated yourself. Because <laughs> I was just thinking of us being 100% fucking done with that riddle. We were just... We cheated. Yeah, we cheated. <laughs> the answers. 
<laughs> I was looking at it at first. Apparently, the solution was that you were supposed to draw a line from to the Spriggans in in order. Yeah, and whatever, and that would kind of spell out names. But first of all, yeah, I figured that out later. So the first one, yeah, the first one would have been easy because uh, it was an NPC that was like in the area. But who would have known? Who even remembers the fucking second NPC? I can't remember his name right now. Like, yeah, that guy. No one remembers that guy. Yeah, I, I hate. I have no idea who that man is, and like. And they and I would have been like, well, I would have been googling where he was anyway because I'm just like, I don't know who this is. A lot of people on Reddit said that they figured it out because they were basically just running around screaming "egg hunt, egg hunt, egg hunt" in the general area, and it triggered the cutscene. Yeah, I uh, I really like a comic was made about that. Um, yeah, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I loved it so. Egg hunt. It's so funny because we came, we, we like, um, we, you know, teleport in and just immediately, egg hunt! And I was like, uh, just out loud um, in the chat, like, talking to Kay, I was like, egg hunt! (laughs) I'm like, I have no idea what this means, but egg hunt! You know, it was all worth it, though, because the outfit that you get from that event is real fucking cute. It's stupid it's, cute. That jacket is adorable and like it's so bag. cute. I I was like, do you think this would it would be cute if I made this for SakuraCon since it's next year since it's Easter themed? Um, but I, I don't know if I'm actually going to do that. So nobody hold me to it. <laughs> but it would be very cute. Um, and it even has like a little egg shaped purse and everything. It's real cute. Um, it's dyeable. It looks good in just about every color except for the metallic ones. Um, someone from my, a couple people from my, um, Link Shell did, like, a, a pastel blue, a pastel green, and a pastel red, and they're like, we're the Powerpuff Girls! That's so cute! <laughs> it was really cute. Yeah, I kind of um, want to, I just want the Spriggan jacket, but can I wear that in public without people being like, the fuck is that? And I'm just like, listen! I mean, you can get furry hoodies with ears of different animals on it yeah. right now in the real life. The Spriggan one is just a little bit stranger. It's but so people probably cute. just think they're bunny ears. Yeah. I do. Oh, they're so cute, though. I just love it. I love seeing the hood. Oh, so cute. I'm pretty sure Square Enix uh, sells an official Spriggan hat oh that you can God. wear. That's like a fleecy hood hat. Oh my God. Or maybe I just saw like an Etsy approximation. But it's it's cute either way. God, Final Fantasy has my entire ass with all these cute-ass creatures. I know, except we both had that moment where the Spriggan, like, opened its mouth really wide, and we're like, oh, God! (laughs) Yeah! It was like, and the Spriggan happy, and I'm just like, ugh! (laughs) Don't eat me, Spriggan! Yeah, like, excuse me, are you... (laughs) A demon! (laughs) Um, If you're listening to this right now, when this episode drops... Um, I think you'll still have a few more days to do it, because I think it ends on the 22nd. Um, so, there's that. I am probably going to spend the rest of this week farming uh, Mandeville Gold Saucer points, because the Final Fantasy XV event dropped, and if I want to get the car, I gotta get like 200,000 or something. <laughs> I need the car! Yeah, so that you can, uh, you can pick me up and go, get in, loser! Get in, loser, we're going raiding. Yeah. 
Zoom. <laughs> so what's fun about the car is it's the only four-seater mount that's been released so far, and you can choose what seat you want to be in. Oh, my God. So, yeah, if I pick you and two of my buddies up, you can all fight over shotgun. Shotgun! Yeah! <laughs> Just someone yell shotgun into the chat. <laughs> yeah. I haven't had a chance to play um, today or, well, basically for the last week, but... Um, I imagine, I'm just imagining myself, like, running around in the wilds of Eorzea and seeing in the shout chat just somebody yelling, SHOTGUN! Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you do see weird stuff in the shout chat, just at random. Um, you'll see people being like, like, I remember... Um, People will shout their free company, like, advertisements or whatever. And I remember somebody um, responding to one in shout chat with, like, No, thank you! <laughs> but I love it. Uh, yeah, anyway, had fun with the Easter event, kind of, sort of, but not really. But it was worth it, because cute spriggin' outfits. Um, and other than that, I haven't done a whole lot this week. I had family visiting, so... Um, I was, I didn't have time to play video games and shit, um, uh, although I did, I did clean my apartment. Do you ever just, like, clean your gross-ass living space and just feel like an adult and feel a million times better? <laughs> like, your anxiety reduces and it's just great. Do you ever just clean? Just, the way you said that reminded me of the, like, do you ever just sit in your truck, me? <laughs> but yeah, that's how okay, I feel um, every time I vacuum and dust. I'm like, oh my god. Oh my, look at me adulting all over the place. It's yeah. great. Um, yeah, I reorganized my desk so it's not just like... You guys can probably hear it on the recording sometimes where I'm just like messing with stuff and there's like papers rustling. Uh, it's because there was just so much shit on my desk. And now it's clear. It's There's space on it. I can see the top of the desk. Okay, it wasn't that bad, but it was pretty bad. Um, and now it's... It's not, and it's great. It's nice to have space to put my hands without having to, like, move yeah. a bunch of papers and pins and needles and stuff aside. Um, and also to have actual room for my beast of an embroidery machine, which is good because I used it this week. Um, I did a couple more of the... I did, like, 18 more diamonds for my bard cosplay because the, the digitizing file that I made has 18 on them so it was just like one run of the oh, okay. um, embroidery file that's as many as I could fit in my um, 250 by 150 millimeter hoop mm. which is the biggest one I have because um, those things are fucking expensive and I, I'm actually not sure if it goes any bigger for my machine but um, so I, I did that it took man though that thing burns through thread like <laughs> nothing else i had to rewind the bobbin like halfway through because it used up all the thread um which was an annoying process but you know you got to do it um so i i guess i was like when i started this i was like oh i i bought like 10 of the of this color of thread because the shop that i was buying it from was going out of business uh and i wasn't sure if i'd ever see it again so i just and i was like i know i'm gonna need a lot of these so i bought a bunch and partway through, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to need this many. And now I'm like, I might, though. <laughs> um, but they look good, and some of them kind of got, like, the outline kind of got jacked up, but thankfully I can just cut that off, and because um, I'm going to be satin stitching them onto the um, shirt anyway. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> it's going to cover up a lot of sins. Um, 
That's going. I I'm kind of trying to decide. I'm going to finish this costume regardless because I've spent money on it. But I'm trying to decide if I want to finish this for the anime bonsai cosplay contest, um, or if I want to spend more time on it, save it for a different cosplay contest, and do this other costume that I'm going to talk about later um, instead. But I got I got like God, what six months to decide that. Um, well, I mean, I have to get it done before yeah. that, but I, I have time to decide which costume I'm going to do, especially since the other costume, um, isn't quite as time consuming. Mm. So I could probably finish it, um, regardless of whether or not I decide to compete with it. But again, we'll talk about that later. Um, that's, that's really all I've done this week. I've had a kind of a, a quiet low key week. Cause like I said, I had family visiting. So that's my pre-salt. Um, I'm going to start off with Black Hole, Black Hole, Black Hole. We saw a black hole and ooh, she thick. Um, I... All the fucking, like, ooh-woo memes that came out of it and everything are just... I, like, immediately (laughs) gajinkaed it because I was like, oh, Black Hole, that's my girlfriend. Um... My friends were like, wow, this makes me feel like existential dread, right? Like, and I'm yeah, just... They, you said that on Twitter, there's like two camps, which is existential dread and girlfriend. Girlfriend. And I was in the girlfriend camp of this black hole is my girlfriend now. Thank you, everyone. I'm, I, I don't know if people know this about me, but I fucking love, well, you do now. I fucking love space. Um, I'm super into it. Like... I I know a lot of people get that, like, celestial dread sometimes from... But I just really want to go to space. I really... I get that celestial dread, but I also love space. Like Yeah. I mean, like, I I mean, I get it more when I'm watching movies, because, I mean, but that has a very, like, tonal overlay of how they present space a lot of the time. Um, And, I I mean, that's fair, because it is, like, cold and empty, but also it's yeah, space, so full at the same time. Like Space horror movies work very, very well on me because space is terrifying. Yeah. But it's also really sick. I mean, so is the bottom of our ocean, too. Yeah, the, bo- the bottom of our ocean may as well also be outer space. Yeah, because we've, like, researched it almost less than we have space. Um, but uh, I, I get really... The ex- down there look like aliens. They sure fucking do. Um, I get real fucking excited when I see, uh, pictures, um, of space in general. I remember one time they turned around, um, they, they finally convinced NASA, the, this, um, this one person, I think even working there, convinced them to turn around this telescope once at this basically blank area of space. And they're like, okay, whatever, fine, this is a waste of time. And then they, like, turn it around, and it's just, it was chock full of just stuff just space stuff right like it it wasn't rocks empty at all shit. rocks and <laughs> shit and it was we were looking at pictures of it once um in a mythology class actually because that teacher also really likes space but we were talking about a sense of awe um and you know a lot of people were like wow this makes me feel like t- terror and i was just like god i'm finally at one with the universe this is beautiful <laughs> like i just i don't know I, I think a lot of people are like, oh, this makes me feel insignificant, but that, like, takes a lot of stress off of my back for some reason. Like, yeah, I am insignificant, but that doesn't make me feel, like, less in- I don't know, that doesn't make any of the 
lives on earth less valuable. It just makes it more yeah. interesting to me. That's not really where my fear of space comes from. It's just like the universe is vaster than I can possibly comprehend. And God only knows what's out there and blah, 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 blah. So I mean, yeah. It but... just kind of freaks me out because it's like beyond human comprehension. Yeah. <laughs> I think what freaks me out more is the idea of like nothing, like actual Yeah, the nothing. idea of nothingness is also freaky. Yeah, like, what happens when you get to the edge of the universe and it's just nothing? What was there before the Big Bang? And then, like, someone's, like, nothing, but you think nothing... You think of nothing as, like, space, but there is no space. So it's just, like, eh! Um, my brain is too small for that. However, I do fucking love space. I love flying. I love the idea of going to space. I love... I mean, this I really informs my love of science fiction. It's just because I think space is cool. And it was so exciting to see this black hole... Um, cause everything else we've looked at have been essentially simulation or illustrations, um, not to knock illustrations because I'm an illustrator, but it is just super cool. It's not anything like I imagined it would have looked. And I think that's cool. Um, immediately inspired by it. Like I just felt such excitement. Um, and I, I really like, uh, just, you know, the, the excitement that, rallied around it and even the memes i loved that like donut thing where it was like a box of donuts and they opened it up and it was just like a bunch of all the black holes holes. yeah Yeah. um it's bullshit the discourse that surrounded it with uh the woman who um was basically kind of in charge of the project that was like she like people were basically the engineer that like helped um create the code that allowed this imaging to happen as i understand it yeah um and essentially people were like i don't know kind of saying actually a man did it (laughs) yeah um and which is highly unfortunate um and frustrating because like please (laughs) that's it that's my please um i am glad that her male colleague is standing by behind her and uh being like no i did not i had nothing to do with it i just helped her so yeah and i i feel like i mean those kinds of i i um was reading about that too and i feel like those kinds of allies are super duper duper important um and i really respect that he's like please stop slamming my colleague um like it's incredibly disrespectful after all the work she did you know um but all that aside space is fucking cool black fucking hole if you haven't seen it already which i don't know how you could have missed it but if you for some reason haven't seen it or if you have seen it but you just miss her um you know you can just look up a picture of her and just gaze longingly into her emptiness um the next piece of pre-salt is, this is kind of a funny one, because I was like, this isn't nerd stuff. This is just Jesse life stuff. Um, my nephew had a birthday party, so he turned two. And, Aww. yeah. And, uh, yeah, like, I'm really bad with people. <laughs> um, but I went to this birthday party, uh, because it's it's less about the child and more at this age and more about like my brother and you know not wanting him to feel like I don't care about his life. So I went with my mom um and we it's like we had to drive like an hour and a half there. So it's a long it's a long trek and we were there for 4 hours or 3 hours. Um 
And there were a million people there because my brother's wife has a very large family. Um, and then they had their friends there. and But it was mostly her family and their friends and then um, my brother's ex-wife and those kids. And, like, the there were, like, I don't fucking know how many fucking children were there, but more than 20 probably. There were so many. But my, uh, my brother and my sister-in-law are kind of balling. Um, so they had, like, a trampoline in the back and, like, a balloon guy and who was really good. He was a really good balloon guy. It wasn't, like, some creepy clown dude. Not, I'm sorry, clowns. (laughs) I, (laughs) I'm sure there are clowns who work very hard and I've just insulted them. But it was just, like, this, it was just a dude and he looked so, like, nondescript and, uh, but he was making these, like, like for the for a lot of the girls they wanted unicorns so he made them these unicorns that kind of go around their body so they could ride them and then they had like wings and he had these headbands that he would twist the horns onto so they could put it on their head um and then like he made one of my other nephews this like scuba outfit that had like the tanks and then like the what like the um eye mask that goes over and then like the scuba like the mouthpiece but then it the eye mask had like a clear balloon in the center so he could see through it but it was covering yeah it was this guy was fucking wild he he was too powerful um and uh my oldest nephew uh he he also wanted a balloon it was super cute but uh he also got a balloon for his girlfriend because he was like holding this flower balloon and earlier he had said he wanted a panda my mom was like that's not a panda and he's like no no this is for my girlfriend and i was like this is the cutest shit i've ever heard in my entire life um but he also got this i don't know if he asked for this balloon or if the guy just made it for him but like my nephew was wearing like hot pink shoes these jean sweats Jets, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you call them, and then like a hot pink shirt and this like hot pink headband, and the guy made him a balloon man that was wearing the same outfit, and like it was just a little him. It was so fucking cute. Um, so that was that was pretty cool. I liked I liked balloon man, um, and uh. I also got to see, my brother had the, I mean, my uh, nephew had this fucking giant ass, my oldest nephew had this giant ass ceramic fucking Black Panther in his room that was almost as big as I was. Like, it's like, it was almost as tall as me. And for reference, I'm like five. Oh, I did not, I did not get from the picture that it was that big. Oh yeah. I probably should have stood next to it or something. Yeah. Um, I am, I'm five, four and it was almost as tall as me. So, uh, I posted a picture on Twitter, but essentially it was this giant ass Black Panther and my, so he, so my, he, like, I guess the school was getting rid of it and he was like, oh, I want it. So he had his friend drop it off at that house, but he wasn't home when his friend dropped it off. My brother was. So my brother opens the door and there's this giant ass Black Panther thing on his fucking front yard and he's like did someone steal this and leave it on my yard? Like, where did this come from? I don't know, but I don't want to be held responsible because it looked kind of like someone's, like I said, my brother lives in kind of a bougie area. So it looks like someone's like bougie ass, like lawn ornament. Um, And so he called the cops and then he told his wife, like, oh, this happened. And uh, his wife was telling Nick and Nick, my nephew was like, um, no, tell him to call the cops back. That's mine. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, so that was just chilling in his room. I'm like, the fuck is this? And it had that sad, like, mother, why have you forsaken me face? Um, I looked at the picture again and now I can see, cause I kind of, I kind of glanced at it and I was like, oh, it's, and I thought it was like a figure on somebody's desk or something, but now I can see that it's actually sitting on the floor. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. I, I was like, the fuck, it scared the shit out of me. So then I was like, what is this? What, what is this? Um, and my brother was like, oh, you can thank your nephew for that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I hate parties. I hate being surrounded by 50 hundred people. Um, I, I, I guess I like them in, like, I like, when it's my friends, you know, they just let me chill there. Like, if I'm at a party and it's all my friends and I'm just sitting there drinking my Diet Coke and listen to everyone talk, nobody says anything. But, like, when you're at a family gathering, like, people are trying to engage with you, they're asking about your life, and I'm like, please don't ask me about my life. Um, I heard everybody, cause I was sitting, I, outside was super windy and allergy-y, um, and I was like, I fucking, I can't. So I went back in, um, except for, like, when they sing happy birthday, um, and I was sitting in there with all the, all the older ladies in the family, the mature ladies were inside, and all the mature ladies and me curled up on the couch trying to fall asleep, and, uh, I was hearing all the family drama, except for these people aren't blood related to me. So it was their family drama. And I'm just like, the fuck is happening? Um, yeah, but that's, that's always kind of fun, I guess, like listening to other people's drama. Uh, and, uh, they, um, my brother fucking, so we were about to leave and my mom was telling my brother which presents were from her because, you know, like, uh, they didn't really open up the gifts because the kids were having too much fun and they weren't going to, like, stop the small children who don't care and don't want to sit still, you know? Yeah. And he's when they're two- really, really tiny, they don't have that kind of attention span. Yeah, and he's two, so, like, he'll then, like, he doesn't need that, like, at the party. Um, and my brother's like, oh, yeah, we bought him a roller coaster. And I just turned and I looked at him, I slapped my hands together, I was like, boy, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the it's like this little roller coaster it has a track and then it also has this like little ladder thing that they can walk up and then push the car to the top of and then get in and then go down and around i'm like what the fuck what the fuck what the fuck kind of booty you're thinking lego roller coaster no like he can get in it (laughs) i i was just like what kind of bougie ass shit um yeah my sister-in-law and my bro make I don't I don't actually know how much money they make, but they make enough. Um enough to to where I just am like, God, what? Uh <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. I've like I just I we my mom and I were in the car um afterwards and I was like, they bought him a roller coaster. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh so that was that was my nephew's birthday. Um and my last piece of pre-salt. Listen, last week I said I was over Star Wars. And I am. Back at it again at Krispy Kreme. Listen, I... They played a trailer, and I knew it was going to happen because the convention was happening, and everybody was talking about how there was going to be a trailer, and I knew it was going to happen. Um, 
And I'm just like, God, I'm back in this thing. But it's kind of like, do you know that meme that's going around right now? Oh, shit. Here we go, we go again. again. Yeah, that's me. Get back into Star Wars. I'm just Did you so- see the Waking Sands one? Yes. It's a <laughs> prayer return to the Waking Oh, shit. Here we go again. Um, yeah, I I think, I think what I'm exasperated with is just like... I, I talked about this last week. It's just like the fandom is fucking hard to deal with. And I don't care for a lot of the choices made um, as far as like s- some of the some of the content um, and but like I mean come on I love Star Wars I lo- <laughs> I just spent time telling you I love space um, like the thing is I just I mean like I the the child part of me still gets hella fucking pumped when I see. Um, so fun fact about Jesse, I just like really, really, really want to pilot an X-Wing. Like if I lived in that universe, I would absolutely like be doing everything I possibly could to pilot an X-Wing. Um, I'd probably die immediately as one of those people in the background who get shot down because I'm not like one of the main characters. However, I would have had a good time in the meantime. Every time there's scenes with X-Wings in it, this is just a fun fact about Jesse. I get so fucking pumped. Like, I'm like, yeah! Um, So, you know that part where Finn sees Poe piloting that X-Wing? He's like, woo! Right? (laughs) I'm like, what the good pilot or whatever. Like, that's me. Um, But, you know, I just have to remember, this is... This is a movie about space wizards for kids. Um, I also just have feelings about Disney as a corporation right now. I mean, I always have, but it's just, like, the monopoly of Disney, especially with the, like, recent, like, streaming service announcement and acquisition of certain properties. I'm just like, fuck, I don't fucking, I don't want to deal with this. Um, But there are still things that make me feel like a child, and I think that's what I like about fantasy anything like the part of anything that can touch that part of me that's like still excited about flying in space um it's just wonderful i get excited when i i got excited i talked about this before i think where i saw ray's outfit and it was like so padme from the second Mm -hmm. prequel movie um I really enjoy that. I really enjoy the mixture of her carrying Han's blaster and Luke's uh, lightsaber. I really liked, um, in the pictures of Rose Tico that leaked, I liked her... uh, I noticed that she had the cinnamon buns. She had cinnamon buns. I don't know (laughs) if that means that she's... It looks like she's got a, like, more, like, um like what general like job a more uh what do you what do you even call that like um like someone a staff job higher staff job uh i don't fucking know what you call that um so that's exciting uh it was it was good to um for that actress to to receive the standing ovation she got when she showed up, especially after she had to leave social media from all the cyberbullying she received about a fucking space wizard movie in space. Um, yeah, so I really appreciate that, you know, the fandom that was there 
at that event, you know, stood for her and clapped for her because I really appreciate that she stuck through that. She didn't, she didn't need that kind of hate. Um, and you know, just straight up fucking bullying from people. Um, and, uh, I, I, but I, so I enjoyed that. I enjoyed Poe Dameron's mummy outfit brendan fraser from the mummy outfit that he's got going on His nathan drake outfit yeah what that so it's always like looks like you're on the wrong side of the force kylo <laughs> and i'm like oh my god um the fucking my friend was like what is up with uh finn's blue ass pants why are they so blue and i'm like i don't know they kind of remind me of han's pants from a new hope and she's like yeah but those weren't even that blue and i'm like that might just be camera quality to be honest um she's like yeah well then maybe they shouldn't have made these pants so blue but then in an interview with john boyea he was talking about how like previously finn hasn't really had his own style um because he, ha- he hasn't, like, entirely been his own person, but yeah. now he does have his own style. And he was saying that, like, oh, yeah, he, um, JJ pulled these pants out, which is just funny to me. Because I imagine, like, JJ just holding them somewhere and then, like, pulling out these blue-ass pants. And then he's like, yeah, now I'm part of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so I messaged my friend. I'm like, see, he's excited about his blue pants. Leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, which always reminds me that Han's outfit had this, like, awful, like, robin's egg blue super pointy collar on it when Harrison Ford got it. And he was like, this is dumb and took it off. Um, (laughs) He was right. He was right because his Han outfit is fucking dope and I couldn't imagine it as anything else. Um, Kylo Ren looks like shit and I love it. Uh, he, he does not deserve a redemption arc. Get, get off my dick. Don't at me. I don't want it. Um, and like this whole You're rise getting of, it though. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I am gonna fucking strangle someone. They were like, here, have a Palpatine laugh. And I'm like, no! Are they just gonna bring Palpatine back from the dead so they can redeem Kylo Ron? Like, I am losing my mind. But I'll, t- I'll talk about that more later. Um, in the meantime, I'm just gonna say, like, I'll probably be upset no matter what happens. But I'll also be excited because I love Star Wars, and I just want the kids to have a good time because this is for them. It's not. It's not for me. Um, it's for the little girl who told her dad that girls are the best Jedi, uh, and he was like, "Well," I, and then she was like, "No, it's not up for debate." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm back at it again at Krispy Kreme. I'm sure I'll be disappointed. This is a hundred percent dead dove. Do not eat. But I'm gonna gonna open it anyway and then be like i don't know what i expected um but yeah i just you know like i said earlier i fucking love space i i love the sound lightsabers make as you found as everyone on the internet found out at once no um i do i do have uh both um anakin's lightsaber and uh i also have um Kyle Ron's. Kyle, yeah, Kyle Ron's lightsaber. So, <laughs> I listen. The Anakin one was on sale. It was. <laughs> you don't have to justify it. It, uh, it. By the way, it turns both. It is blue, but it also has a function where if you hit it again, it turns red. 
Um, and also you can like slap it and it makes the sounds. It's a good time. Um, I have a lot of props. I could also, I was also like sitting there and I was like, God, I could closet cosplay Kylo Ren and that's a sad fucking time. Um, cause I will There's say- a I, sewing pattern for Kylo Ren specifically. I, listen, I fucking love Kylo Ren and I There's hate There's one him. for Rey too, but. I have, I, I'm one of those people. I do have a Rey figurine. Um, and then I have- um, some original Star Wars stuff, like I have the Millennium Falcon, and I have an X-Wing, and I have some uh, Luke-related stuff and some Han stuff, uh, but I have a lot of Kylo Ren. I have a medium-sized Soon Soon of Kylo. I have a die-cast figure. I have his lightsaber. I used to have his helmet, but I gave that away um, because I was like, I'm not using this for anything. I have um, t- two things that I keep medicine in, that uh, one has, like, first aid and the other one has, like, sick meds um, that are two little tins that are also Kylo Ren. Like, I'm 100% that person standing with all my Kylo Ren figurines being like, I fucking hate Kylo Ren. Um, <laughs> yeah, I hate that kid. Uh, but I, I love I, I love me a Star War, a space battle. Boom. Pew, pew. Um We'll see what happens. As we all know, I have bad Star Wars opinions, TM, as that one guy, when I was on a friend's podcast, was like, this person was funny, but they were wrong about, um, they were wrong about the Empire Strikes Back. And I'm just like, (laughs) I think about that all the time. It's my proudest moment of when a guy wrote into his podcast and was like- But they, you had an unpopular opinion, TM? Yeah, they're like, they're funny, but they're wrong about Empire. And I'm just like, I'm so proud of myself. I've finally, <laughs> I've finally been recognized. Um, so, yeah, I think that's all my pre-salt. All right, and with that, we'll move into our salt. Um, I want to start, uh, while my family was visiting, we watched Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, I cannot fucking believe that movie actually won an Oscar (laughs) for best editing. Like, we talked at the time that it happened about that scene that was posted where they're meeting with their record deal person or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and that's definitely, like, the worst bit of editing in the movie, but it's all pretty bad. Um, it's... In some of the, like, concert montages, they'll have these, like, big neon um, signs that say, you know, like, Hampton or whatever, like, the name of the city that they're in or whatever. And But they only do it, like, a couple of times, so it always seems really jarring and out of place. (laughs) Um, It's just, I don't know, the editing is really fucking awful. It was, like, five minutes in, and I turned to my mom, and I was like, I can't fucking believe that this won an Oscar for best editing. (laughs) Like... It's so bad. Um, other than that, it's like standard biopic complaints. Um, they merged characters, merged merged um, events in Freddie Mercury's life. They got timeline stuff wrong. Um, particular, they particularly they had a bit where Queen breaks up, but Queen never broke up, and so they did not need to reunite in time for the World Aid tour, and they did not need to get back and practice because they had been consistently performing together all that time. Um, they also portray it as if uh, Freddie Mercury got his diagnosis before the World Aid Tour and told the band about it before then, when it's generally agreed upon that he didn't get his diagnosis until after, and he definitely didn't tell the band until, like, 1989 or so, or thereabouts. Um, but the movie ends on the 
World Aid concert. So I guess they had to kind of I match mean, all of that together. Didn't um, God, I I don't know his real name. Uh, a guy Borat. Um, who was Sasha Baron Cohen? Yeah, um, he was the person they originally got to play Freddie Mercury. Right, and he, he left because they were going to sanitize it, and I think cut out the bisexuality story. Yeah, um, another and so he left. Yeah, like they were going to, they were going to um, cut significantly the bisexuality story, but like they also, he also said something. He also was talking about how like. This was very much seemed like a, um, like, this sounds so bad, but like, like the, the band focused more like on, on kind of like a propaganda thing that made them look good, you know? Um, yeah, that's still present. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, we're a family in it. And I'm just like, oh, hmm, I need, I feel like I need to research queen a bit more to see how much of this is like utter bullshit um because the stuff that i mentioned is stuff that's like the, is the stuff that i did find the fun thing about watching biopics at home is that you can sit there on your phone the whole time and pick it apart which is exactly what my family does every single time we watch one of these um i kind of like that it's a speech family like, event <laughs> like at least you're united in your uh research of like mm, sounds fake about <laughs> biopics specifically. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, there was there was one really funny moment where um, they it's it's at the end of the movie during the World Aid concert and they zoom in on Rami Malek's face and like my sister kind of sits up and she's like Freddie Mercury didn't have blue eyes, did he? And so we looked up a picture of him and like no, he has really dark brown eyes. Um, and she's like, why didn't they make him wear contacts? She was like so offended that they didn't they didn't get this one. Like, admittedly, not that important detail about his appearance down. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe Rami Malek can't wear contacts. I don't know. But um, she was real mad about it, which was I mean, funny. like, if you're going to make a big deal about making sure that someone looks like somebody, it's probably a good idea. As yeah. Like, yeah. But there's, like, a bunch of reasons why they might have I mean, at, at least they didn't, like, try to claim that he was, like, a white guy. Yeah, they no they they use his his um Indian name and everything. So yeah. You know, they so. talk they talk briefly about his family's history but not a lot. Um like they, at least at least I mean small mercies, right? Yeah. At least they didn't completely cut his bisexuality out of the film anymore, although it's still kind of like I don't know. The way they portrayed it was kind of weird in this movie. Vague um, bisexuality. Bisexuality, <laughs> vague bisexuality. In the distance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, I will give this movie credit. They use the word bisexual. Um, oh, thank God. However, it's immediately followed up by um, the Mary Austin alike saying, No, Freddie, you're gay. And I yelled, Oh my God, out loud at the TV screen. <laughs> Let bisexuals live. Jesus Christ. Literally, literally he says, I've been thinking and I think I might be bisexual. And she says, no, Freddie, you're gay. And I was like, Bi-erasure <laughs> is such a fucking ugly ass thing. I am so sorry, bi's. I, I, ooh, a big anger. I had to explain to my family why I was so mad all of a sudden. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. It, it was a weird time. 
But yeah, I mean, it's a movie that exists, I guess. It, Rami Malek's doing his best. Um, they managed mm-hmm. to pick actors that looked a lot like the other band members. <laughs> Excuse me. There's parts of it that are good, but I'm glad I didn't go see it in theaters. Um, so, and I got to see yeah. it at home where I could pay, it's be like, sounds fake, actually, and then look it up and decide whether or not it was fake, actually. You know what's funny is, like, there's this... Um, spotify commercial that comes on the all the time where it's like listen to the soundtrack so this year's most popular movie or like whatever and or last year's or the most you know recent popular movies or whatever and it was like <laughs> a star is born and i'm like okay and then it's like bohemian rhapsody and i'm like fuck it just listen to queen <laughs> <laughs> That's what, I, it's I just will admit i went out queen. and bought a couple of queen songs um on itunes after watching the movie because i was like oh yeah that song i fucking love that song you know like i want to break free oh there's another weird another weird editing thing where um there's like this character and i don't know if this is a real person or not but his name was paul and basically he was like obsessed capital o obsessed with freddie mercury and was like trying to drive a wedge between him and the band and all this stuff and got peter baelish fired and whatnot so that he could he could be the only one close to freddie mercury and it was a really weird character which is why i'm like is this like a real person that they're basing this off of or did they make him up to make the band look good um but either way he's like essentially blackmailing freddie mercury and freddie mercury's like fuck you get out and walks away while under pressure plays Which was a weird fucking song choice for what was going on in that scene, but God. okay, okay, weird Love flex, that song, but, but okay, weird flex. Yeah, um, I always think of it. I mean, I, 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 yeah, it's it's what it is. I should ask my my dad did see Queen in San Francisco, like long ass time ago. Before I think it was before their big stadium rock kind of like you know, moment. Um, but I should ask him more about what that was like. He did talk to me once about, like, he was like, oh boy, here we go. But then, like, Freddie played piano, and then he's like, and then I saw God. And I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, interesting, interesting things. But yeah, I should ask. He probably knows more than me, so I should probably ask him. My mom bought the movie. I haven't watched it because I got also bought it. That's how I got to see it. Yeah, I got seasickness from the fucking, um, that, yeah. that one scene where they're all at that the scene, table. That's definitely as bad as it ever gets. Okay. Like, it's, it's, you can definitely, like, I mean, like, what I was doing where I was looking at my phone and just listening to it most of the time. Um, another weird editing choice is when they, um, so, like, back in the day when they wrote Bohemian Rhapsody, the record label was, like, not sure about that song at all. Um... And so they have that scene where he, like, gets it to play on the radio. And then they start splashing up words on the screen that are all the negative reviews that Bohemian Rhapsody got at the time that it was released uh, from critics. While they're while the band's, like, playing and performing Bohemian Rhapsody in the background. It was real fucking weird. <laughs> like You're just like, okay... Look, that guy... the You know the vine where the lady, like, swings the camera around... And she's like, hi. And the guy goes, okay. Like, yeah. that's... <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> it would have been, like, a neat trick to do in an actual documentary. It's a little out of place in a dramatization of yeah. the life of Freddie Mercury. But 
you know, whatever. Um, anyway, aside from that, um, so the background to this next story I'm about to tell, because it's, it's, t- it's time for something that I don't do often, which is dumping on a shitty anime for 20 minutes. Um, a while back, I followed this person on Instagram, and she started working on this costume. And I was like, God damn, this is a cute costume. And she kept calling it High Elf Archer. And I thought, I was like, what is this? This is like a D&D thing. You know, it kind of seemed like that kind of thing. So I, I Googled the character wondering if maybe I would find it because I wasn't sure if it was like her original character or what. But it wasn't her original character because the first thing that pops up is that character design. It's High Elf Archer from Goblin Slayer. Oh, Rip, um, you watched Goblin Slayer? <laughs> so, okay. I, I, hope I was like, oh, Rip. <laughs> I was like, at first I was like, I don't know if I want to commit to watching Goblin Slayer. Um, But the character design eventually won me over because it is extremely cute. Um, So I watched Goblin Slayer this weekend. Um, It's bad, Todd. That that (laughs) anime in particular started a huge fucking thing because of the content. Um, And sometimes I'm okay with the style not matching the content, like in the case of Madoka, but Madoka never, like, it had dark Madoka content. Madoka doesn't go as far as Goblin yeah, Slayer Yeah, as does. Goblin Slayer. Goblin Slayer, to me, goes as far as even maybe even farther than Berserk. But Berserk's- I would say, having watched all 12 episodes, I would say it goes farther than Berserk. Yeah, and I, but Berserk had the benefit of having a visual style that matched the severity of the content that Berserk was presenting. Berserk also had the advantage of the time frame that it came out in, because Berserk is an 80s anime, and in the 80s and the early 90s, a lot of anime was just like that. Yeah, it was um, just like that TM. It was, it was just <laughs> it was just violent. Like that's yeah. that was the style of the time. Right now, like cut like moe shit and slice of life and like My Hero Academia is about as violent as it gets, and that show's really not that bad. Like it is a little bit violent in parts, but it's not it's shown in level violence. It's the kind of stuff that people yeah. are used to. Goblin Slayer is really intense. And I remember like my main exposure to Goblin Slayer up until I watched it was essentially berserk fans being dicks to people who are surprised and upset by the content um it's also my understanding that at the time there was not adequate warnings about the kind of content there were no warnings yeah this that was a huge controversy i don't appreciate berserk fans being rude about it because like get off your high horse buddy like of course your violent ass anime that literally starts first episode with a dude with a big fuck off sword like killing people like yeah of course it's gonna be serious like people were lured into a false sense of security by the style choices yeah it's like kind of cutesy and like shonen-y for what it is the characters all kind of look like fire emblem characters um although it is funny that we're talking about berserk because there is a character in goblin slayer that i i was i looked at him and i was like that's just guts like (laughs) that is guts um but yeah like that was my main exposure to goblin slayer and i do remember i was it, it happens fast like it goes downhill Within the first 10 minutes of the first episode, because it starts out like this young girl is like, I'm going to be an adventurer and the guild. It's it's an MMO. This this person, yeah. the person who made Goblin Slayer is definitely making a joke about MMOs. Um, 
And so she's like talking to the guild leader and the guild leader is like, well, you can strike out on your own, but that's kind of hard. So you might want to join a party of another adventurers. And these other adventurers are like, we're going to go kill goblins. Come with us. Um, and computer don't freeze. Okay. Thank you. Um, so they go out and it escalates almost immediately um, to quite a lot of gore and also sexual assault, which was what people were really truly upset about. Uh, when this happened and even now like so i wasn't i wasn't watching this on crunchyroll because i wanted to watch it in english but i also wasn't watching it on funimation because uh it's tvma so you need to create a funimation account Uh, i won't say where i found it but (laughs) and but there were like warnings including included in the episode that were like you know this anime contains graphic content and viewer discretion is advised that doesn't really capture what you're getting into um, and apparently that wasn't present at all when it was first airing um, on Crunchyroll. So you really don't know what you're getting into with this. And it's it's really like tasteless violence. Um, I really, I was like, mm, yeah, I don't enjoy this. But there was a point where I, when, it's for, when it first started to get bad, I was like, you know, based on what people were saying, this isn't as bad as I thought. Oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> there yeah. it is. Um, but... Yeah, I I will say this first episode as a healer main in an MMO, I relate pretty strongly to this little newbie healer that goes into a dungeon with a tank that runs ahead swinging wildly and not allowing the DPS to get in and do their job with the black mage that draws too much aggro and goes down instantly and with a monk that ends up tanking the en- dying tanking the enemies because everybody else died first. Um and then Goblin Slayer, I guess, in this situation is the veteran tank that comes in after the shitty tank drops. Um, but it's there's also a, re- a funny exchange in this episode where the main character is like, "So, did you guys bring any potions just in case?" And they're like, "Nah." Oh my god, I always have <laughs> potions. <laughs> no, right? I, I was like, just I'm... like, I was screams in healer main, like <laughs> just. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's this this anime is not kind to its female characters. And honestly, it's just kind of a shitty garbage anime in general. It's just not it's not good, Todd. Um it's like it's 12 episodes. None of the characters have names. They're just Goblin Slayer, High Elf Archer, Dwarf Cleric, Lizard Shaman, like Priestess. It's they don't have names. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I just think about that guy a lot. Goblin Slayer is kind of a funny character. Um, He's able to strategize and everything, but he's also kind of a dense idiot. Um, There's a couple scenes where he shows up and he's like, are there any goblin slaying quests? And they're like, no, and he just walks away. And they're like, no, wait, come back. (laughs) There's a running gag where he never takes off his helmet. He's like eating food through it. Um, Just dumb, dumb, stupid shit like that. It's, I don't know. I, it's not like I hated it or anything, but uh, if you were like, okay, should I watch Goblin Slayer? I'd be like, no. <laughs> um, I am going to cosplay that character, though. <laughs> oh, boy. She's cute, okay? She's oh, really cute. Oh, <laughs> boy. Oh, wait, but I forgot you you are also cosplaying Griffith, so... You've Griffith got, is a more interesting character than anybody in Goblin You've Slayer, got though. some problematic characters under your belts. Yeah. You've got you've got the you've got this you've got the 
I wanted to say balls. Although I've never, I haven't worn Griffith to a convention, so. I, mostly people, like, nobody really, I mean, like, Griffith is a bad guy, TM, very much so, but, like, I, I mean, he's a popular bad guy. Yeah, people love to hate Griffith. Yeah. Um, and I saw, like, three Griffiths at SakuraCon when I went last year, so. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, I have not worn that one to a, to an actual convention, and I don't know. It doesn't seem like Goblin Slayer really got popular, like other outside of the the short lived controversy. It seemed like nobody really cares about it. So, yeah. um, other than, than other than this one person that did a very very well done and cute um, high elf archer cosplay that caused me to watch this garbage fire of an anime. Um, Don't you hate that? Like, when someone does a great cosplay or great fan art from something, and you're like, oh, I'll pick that up, and then you do, and you're like, I have regrets. I will say, Goblin Slayer is only 12 episodes, so at least I didn't invest, like, a ton of time into it. And since I could find it in English, I was able to do other stuff while I was watching it. Um, So I don't feel like I wasted my time. Um, But I don't recommend it. Um, And I'm still going to make that fucking costume because it's cute seriously look it up hi elf archer from goblin slayer she's real cute um, i did look her up and i got an ass to the face well so just yeah. be prepared goblin slayer <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's a new arrow to the knee i got an ass to the face <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of really gross creepy fan service in goblin slayer too that's <sighs> super out of place and strange um but yeah that's what i've been doing with my time watching bohemian rhapsody and <laughs> shitty anime i like you a lot. but um <laughs> but that was that's what i was talking about earlier was like i'm not sure if i should do high elf archer or the bard for the anime bonsai cosplay contest because like high elf archer is simpler but there's still enough there because her hair is like a really weird specific color that i have to dye awake for and stuff um but the bard's more complicated, but like, am I going to be able to get it done in time? Who knows? It might be a bit more stressful. So I just gotta, I just gotta decide. You know, sometime within the next month, <laughs> probably. So, but I'm, I'm going to do both costumes regardless because I'm just that kind of person. So, sure, it's going to be fun walking around talking about how garbage the the uh, anime that I'm cosplaying from is. But you know, that's just that's just how life be sometimes. And that's my salt. All right. I need to recheck my salt because I added some. Okay. So, uh, um, earlier we talked about, uh, Notre Dame burning. Unfortunate. A lot of the inside was actually salvaged. And because they were doing renovation, they took a lot of the art out of the tower. Um, the bell tower was also salvaged. So that's good news. Um, and they also took a lot of the art out of the spire and other, uh, art inside. So all of the art that wasn't like literally part of the building had been taken out because they were doing renovations. So that's all saved. Most of the statues have been saved. Artwork's been saved. The crown of thorns has been saved. Like all that stuff is... Um, one of the rose windows is for sure gone, but they think a couple, the rose window itself is gone, but they think a couple of the, um, other windows survived. Um, the most of the inside architecture, it's, 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 it's smoky in there, but like it's, it's held together. Um, the spire fell, but I'm pretty sure the spire has fallen once before, uh, 
and that that was actually a spire. But it fell because of, like, construction issues and weather. I think the first time it fell, but that was years ago. Um, like, like not within the past 20 years, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but, you know, it's been rebuilt before, so I'm sure we can rebuild it again. Um, so a lot of it, like, it was bad. The but roof's it, gone. The, the roof is gone. Fell. Um, a um, lot of, there's a lot of structural damage. I mean, a lot, there is a lot of stone in the structure of the cathedral. So that, like, bare bones outside is yeah. still there. But um, it isn't a total loss like they were afraid at first. Yeah, they, I, people were outside. Um, there's a really beautiful video of, um, the people of Paris singing, um, as, as it burns. Like, it was really, for them, it, it's, like, part of, you know, the face of their city. Um, I, but, like, my salt isn't so, like, it, that, that whole thing was heartbreaking. Um, but my salt is really about the fucking people who are, don't understand why people are upset about this. Because it pisses it me the happens. Every time a celebrity dies. Or, or... like, yeah. Okay, so listen, I want to preface this in that, um, and saying that, you know, to me, human life is always more important than preserving um, any sort of art. Like, I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm an artist, so I can say that. <laughs> like, I with, I love art, but there's, like, my, my friends and I went to, um, actually, somebody, I went to go see Monument Men once, which don't watch that movie, it's boring as shit, but there's, like, a whole line where he's like, you know, we can always make more people, but these things are our history. I'm like, no, no, save the people from the Nazis, and, like, if you can save the art, like, that's cool, but, like, people are more important. Um, and I'm not saying that this is the biggest tragedy that's ever happened, nor am I saying that this doesn't happen to lots of other art for worse reasons. In fact, yeah, that's one of the actually, things... Actually, on this same day, um, a mosque burned down Yeah, as well, so... So, you know, it... yeah, it's, 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 like, it's very frustrating that, like... I, and like I, like I've said before, like a lot of art was destroyed by colonists for that matter. People coming in and breaking the noses off of statues. People, you know, like there are lots of reasons art are destroyed and some, you know, they're more tragic than like an accidental fire. You know what I'm saying? However, like Notre Dame de Paris is like a beautiful piece of architectural history and a monument to like like i said earlier mankind's capacity for creativity and innovation um and like so some of the things like the flying buttresses and like the rose window was actually added later like a lot of these things are part of artistic evolution in history um and yeah it's european western history so western and yes it is a religious building but 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 like most of the people i know who are upset are actually art students and like art historians because you know that the sacred texts um (laughs) like i i just think 
people assume that people care more about a building than other human beings, and that's fucking bullshit. Like, I'm sure there are people out there who are like that. That's unfortunate. But, like, yes, other terrible things are happening in the world, but this is also heartbreaking. Like, fuck off. It's the same day that it fucking happened right now. It is, like, currently, as we're recording this, the same day I'm already seeing callous-ass shit on the internet about how, like, oh, you guys don't care about other people. Like, Fuck you. Like, I... But also, like, you can... First of all, you can care about multiple things at once. But also, like, maybe it doesn't have to be important for us to be sad about it. Okay? Like, if someone's sad because their favorite teddy bear got got destroyed in the wash, they're allowed to be upset about that. Okay? Like, it doesn't have to be important. (laughs) I just... it's, It's really frustrating. And I was telling my friends, I think the part that is resonating with me a lot more than some of the other aspects of it is like I because I care about art history and I study art history like there's so much of just like I'm going through like um art and we talk about there's pictures of stuff and they're like but this doesn't actually exist anymore um because of this and they're like fuck I'll never see that you know what I'm saying or here's a recreation of what we think it looked like but it was destroyed in this fire this and like this is a building that survived two fucking world wars and a, the French fucking revolution which was a wild time too and, and the French revolution was not kind to that building at all it was absolutely not kind to that building and so it, it's just like it survived so much to be like destroyed not entirely thank god but like by something that seems like a complete accident, like like a fire, you know? Um, and I think, too, people's response to it also has to do with the idea of, like, so much of what we care about as far as art is, like, its value as its place in capitalism, you know what I'm saying? Um, as I was talking earlier, even about, like, industrialism replacing historical buildings with, like, buildings made for making money, essentially, um, of function over form. And while I do appreciate, you know, industrial buildings, I like industrial buildings just as well, I also think that there's something to be said for, like, enjoying art and enjoying the form of something And to be upset about people being upset about thinking they were going to lose something that was a piece of art, like, thanks for telling me you don't give a shit about art. (laughs) Like, I'm like, hey, just like, you know that scene? I I don't know if anybody's... Kay, have you seen Into the Spider-Verse yet? No, I'm sorry. Can I, can I say something? It's not like a spoiler for the plot. Yeah, if you, if you're really upset about like, really intense about spoilers for Into the Spider-Verse, maybe skip ahead a minute or two, but... But there's this part where they, like, the other spiders are like, what, what pigs? And fucking Spider-Ham is like, I'm right here. Like, (laughs) that, that to me, is what it feels like. Like, excuse you, I... So, I think, I'm just frustrated like, and like you said, you can be upset about more than one thing at a time. And it is literally the same day that this has happened. Like, I understand. I'm upset about a lot. I yell about a lot of political shit on this podcast because our country is a fucking hellhole sometimes, especially right now. Like, 
there are other things I'm upset about currently at the same time, but yeah. this was... The thing about my, my, my human brain as a human being on Earth today is that I can be upset about the rise of fascism and the cathedral burning and the PayPal dispute that went wrong all at the same time. Yeah, like, that's, it turns out that humans have that function. Um, yeah, so that, that's the main part of my salt, because I am glad that a lot of the stuff got taken out. I just, I, I saw some of, I saw some of that sentiment on my timeline, and I'm like, hey, like, I don't, I don't straight up say fuck you often on this podcast, but, like, you can fuck right off that shit. I'll give you a hundred dollars to fuck off. I won't actually because I don't have a hundred dollars to give you. Um, because it turns out that I'm a starving artist. No, <laughs> um, in unrelated news, I'm also an artist and I'm poor. But like, you know, um, I I just got upset about that. Uh, I don't know. Did I talk about Akira last time I was on this podcast? No, I think okay. the news dropped like this week. Okay, so, you know, I, I fucking, I'm sitting in here, my friend who, um, lives in the same house as me, right, currently, you know, sometimes, uh, she works in, on homework on one side of my room and I work on my stuff on the other side of the room, as you do when, you know, you both have your own individual stuff. Yeah, it's nice to just hang out with someone without feeling like, you know, you have to do something. Um, so we're chilling and I'm like, <laughs> hey. And she's like, no, whatever it is. And I'm like, so I just read the, um, the, like, synopsis for the, uh, live-action Akira movie, and I think you should hear this. Um, and she's like, no, I can't. And I'm like, oh, but you're gonna, because I'm gonna read it to you. Um, so my favorite parts of, to, to some bullet points from this, um, instead of taking place in Japan, uh, which you know, as the fact that, like, Akira is a huge commentary on post-nuclear bomb Japan, um, but instead of taking place in Japan, takes place in Neo-Manhattan, because Neo-Yokio exists, so takes place in, uh, Neo-Manhattan, um, Kandida and Tetsuo are not children, or, or teenagers for that matter, I, I I think they're supposed to be teenagers in the animated so. film. It's been a while since I watched it. Do you know the first time I watched that movie? I was in the sixth grade. Let me that tell you, that is too young for Akira. I was too young for Akira. Um, so, but you know, it was back in the wild west of people didn't know what anime was, and they're like cartoons children can watch. Um, so that's why I, I added a bunch of f bombs to the English dub is so that they'd get an R rating. And yet, I and yet. still saw it. Um, <laughs> uh, Granted, this, you probably saw it on disc. So in the theaters, I saw it, it on VHS. Mattered, I think VHS. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um. At at uh at a I was the only not boy at a birthday party, and everybody was watching. We were gonna watch Akira, and I remember vividly first part of it. I was like, "We are not supposed to be watching this." Um, like very early on in my brain. Um. So, anyway, Neo-Manhattan, they're not teenagers. I think Candida, please forgive my awful 
pronunciations because it's been a while since I watched it and I learned the pronunciations of names through like watching it. Although my friend and I did and I did sit here for like twenty minutes afterwards yelling Canada Tetsuo. <laughs> if you've seen Akira, you know what we're talking about. Um, so. They are adults in Canada. Can can, can I want to say Canada? Canada. Yeah, Canada owns a. I wonder if they're going to keep their Japanese names though. Who the fuck knows? Um, know. He owns a bar. Uh, he's a bartender. And another change they made is that Tetsuo's his brother, um, which he's not in the uh, in the anime. Um, and his brother, like, ended up in a secret military program because he has psychic powers. <laughs> then, like, I, the, hold on, I need, I need clarification real quick. Um, I, I will say the, the part where they moved it to America has been, like, a part of this, because the Akira live-action American remake has been in development hell for the past, like, 15 years. And um, them moving it to America was something that was leaked or discussed at one point, like, years ago. So this has been... I, I'm kind of oh, surprised yeah. that they kept it, but, like, it's definitely been a thing for a while. Um, so the, the synopsis is as follows. When a young man's telekinesis is discovered by the military, he is taken in to be turned into a super weapon and his brother must race to save him before Manhattan is destroyed by his powers. Kaneda is a bar owner in Neo-Manhattan who is stunned when his brother Tetsuo is abducted by the government, by government agents led by the Colonel desperate to get his brother back. He agrees to join Kai Reed spell is spelled C Y and then a space and then another word Reed and her underground movement who are intent on revealing to the world what truly happened to New York city 30 years ago when it was destroyed. He believes their theories to be ludicrous, but after facing his brother again, is shocked when he displays telekinetic powers. Kai believes Tetsuo is headed to release a young boy, Akira, who has taken control of Tetsuo's mind. Kaneda clashes with the colonel's troops on his way to stop Tetsuo from releasing Akira, but arrives too late. Akira soon emerges from his prison, courtesy of Tetsuo, as Kaneda races to save his brother before Akira can once again destroy Manhattan Island as he did 30 years ago um this is this this is a lot to unpack i think i think they missed a lot of what made akira akira yeah what made it i think they don't really understand the source material they don't um and i this isn't like the the changes that were made to um Watchmen that had to be made in order to tell the story as a film, you know. Um, Akira's Akira, already a film. Already a film, yeah. <laughs> so like, I don't really understand why this had to be done. I think they said they. I think they still think they cannot sell stories from other countries to Americans, which is bullshit because we watch European bullshit all the time. Like, I just it's it's. It's considerably frustrating. Um, it's even frustrating to me because I think, like, a part of the huge factor that drew people in to begin with is, like, the whole, like, 
motorcycle street gang aspect of like the young people and the young people rising to like the occasion presented to them through the character of Canada like even though he like is seen by all of the adults as essentially the degradation of their culture at the time um post like the metaphor for nuclear like bombs essentially um but he's able to rise to this occasion to make a step forward even though people basically think he's like no good um he's this gang leader kid punk like there's there's layers to the like essence that is akira one of the most in fact one of the most like um and like a what is what do you call that when it's like a um a reference it an homage one of the most homaged scenes from akira is that side stop of the bike yeah um and like so those those things are incredibly important to the integrity of the characters as well as the story being inherently japanese and as well as like the the way the story unfolds as it's presented in the animation like i get the perhaps want to not just straightforward present exactly what happened in the animation um in the movie i mean maybe you could also draw from the manga um, yeah i just as as well i just i'm also thinking like along what you're saying with the art style like we all know they're gonna do it cgi and it's just not going to look as good it just can't <laughs> I mean, speaking from an artistic perspective, Akira, like, as a, as a young person, um, I say this as well as the uh, original Ghost in the Shell movie, which I think was 1996. Um, Around there, are, yeah. Yeah, those are two of the most inspirational films for me as, in terms of background painting um, and animation style. Like, it created a mood. It It's fucking gorgeous um there are some videos of people working on the backgrounds paintings the matte paintings for akira and you should check them out i think they're on youtube um super super cool super duper inspiring a lot of those were hand painted i mean they're all hand painted um so i i think there's like an artistry that went into the original animated film that i think would be hard to capture with the live action but at least the live action would have the novelty of being (laughs) live action you know yeah those scenes come to life i'm thinking of like all the like various oozing mutation type scenes yeah i don't really fucking gross in the anime yeah god (laughs) the one where he just like basically becomes a huge baby and absorbs his girlfriend fucking haunts me to this day like he fucking crushes her and that scene haunts me and when i say it haunts me it haunts me so much i fast forward past it when i watch the movie um someone made a completely terrifying cosplay of that bit i saw it and it made me so upset it made me really uncomfortable i hate it um i just but i also think of the mangaka talking about like when he um like stuff with where like he uh he was inking the explosion and they said to him, why didn't you do it in reverse with the, like, wouldn't it have been easier for you to take the white and put it onto the black instead of the other, like, making all of these individual marks? And he's, he was saying that, like, 
he mentions how many people are dying in that scene and how he owes it to them to create every single mark. Like, to add... To him, it was part of the gravity of what he was illustrating. And I don't think anything, like, Americans will produce in any way, especially with, like, the idea of um, it taking place in America. I also... The irony of, like, Manhattan and the Manhattan Project is not lost on me. Um, But I don't think anything like that would be presented by an American studio who doesn't understand the piece itself would have that amount of respect in it. Um, I think, I think like the only reason I would want an American studio to even have any part in it is just money. Um, because the access to like money, (laughs) what we're willing to put into our films as far as like special effects and paying for actors and blah, 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 blah. Like, that's but that's about it. Will they cast but, like, a pair of white people for Kaneda and Tetsuo? Yeah, and that's the that's just like unacceptable to me. Like, like I first of all, what white guy is named Tetsuo? Like, I'm sorry, I I'm sure his name will be Tim and Kaneda. Well, they did say it in Kevin. the in the synopsis they used Kaneda and Tetsuo, but yeah, but maybe that's just because they haven't found anything else yet. I mean, like. Maybe they will cast Japanese actors, but, like, does it matter if you've taken the entire thing out of context? I don't know. Like, I don't, I, I just, I just don't know what it's going to be like. I mean, I don't mean to shit all over it for hours or, like, white splain. But Ghost Michelle hurt us real bad. (laughs) Yeah. I don't mean to white splain, like, whitewashing back to people i'm sure you already know um but if if you're white and you're unaware what this movie means like i just wanted to put some stuff out there there are plenty of people perhaps i should link like other people who have talked about this issue on twitter um who are actually japanese instead of me just like up here yelling about it but uh yeah i i and like i said i like just from an animation perspective i thought you know like the animation wanna, like, is so groundbreaking, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, then, like, and I kind of want to walk back my earlier statement where, like, I don't want to feel like, I don't want people to feel like I'm shitting on CG as an animation form or that it's never good or whatever. It's not. It can be really amazing. I just feel like it is used in a lot of American films in a way that doesn't really work with computer graphics and that instead tries to use them as a substitute for reality or a better forms of animation or something. And then it just, it is, it isn't, it doesn't look good. And I wish that, you know, American films would kind of like work with the art form a bit more than just being like, well, this is better than reality. So we're going to CG all these elephants to be like, not real elephants, or we're going to add CG horses, even though we could just get horses, you know, looking at yeah. you, the greatest showman looking at you. <laughs> I, I like yeah. I think the only thing that would make this film live action interesting to me would be to try and do some of this stuff in camera. Um, like the director of Inception, like that was one of the big things about Inception is that a lot of that stuff was done in camera. Like like yeah. they built those sets and shit. I mean, there was CGI in it, but like they tried their best to create some of a lot of those effects. They enhanced um, their effects with yeah. CG and. Uh, um, the thing is a really good example of this like the thing 2010 or whatever it was 
Uh, if you go on YouTube, you can find some of the in-camera effects and animatronics and things that they used when they were initially filming that were replaced with some really, really dated, awful-looking computer graphics in the end because the studio saw that from one angle it looks amazing, but if you move a little bit it looks like shit. Not And didn't understand that well, yeah, it doesn't look good if you walk around to the back, but nobody's going to see that on the film. And they yeah. got spooked and decided that CGI is the way to go. And it ruined the movie. I mean, I don't think that movie ever would have been terribly good to begin with, but it at least yeah. would have looked good. <laughs> but it's just sad. I mean, I I mean, it's stupid. I, I have, if I want to watch Akira, I have a perfectly good copy of Akira. But, like, it would just, it would just be, you know, nice to see, like, people reaching out to diverse groups and you know hollywood extending itself outward to you know make better art sorry i slammed my keyboard against my (laughs) microphone um but it i i don't see that happening soon especially not with you know the disney monopoly jesus i and and moving forward in other news um not to just get stuck on akira moving moving forward um disney owns us all it's the <sighs> monopoly of our souls it will own it will consume all until we are forced to give them everything we own um i don't like to go tinfoil hat on people but like, listen, sometimes you just gotta go tinfoil hat on people. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go full conspiracy theorist on people. I mean, like, I don't really have a conspiracy. I just know that they make a shit ton of money and they buy whatever they want, and pretty soon they'll be the only well, one making the content. Like, <laughs> no here's one my else tinfoil can. tinfoil hat about Disney, though, is that Disney yes. is making all these live action adaptations of their old movies now so that the copyright won't expire and they can keep making money off of it forever. Oh, that's absolutely true. That's, oh, yeah. that's not even, like, that can't even be, like, too far of a conspiracy. Like, why the I fuck I thought that's else? what you were leaning into when you first said, I don't like to go too flat on people, to be honest. <laughs> I fucking, I just, I mean, like, that's absolutely true. That's why we got the hellscape that was, are you ready to Dumbo? Because <laughs> um, who the fuck would even try to make a live action Dumbo if they fucking copyright wasn't gonna fucking expire Um, is that anybody's favorite disney movie anymore no and the first one was so racist though (laughs) like i know they tried to like cut that out but i mean it's kind of like peter pan where like there's some deep fucking racism in peter pan and we're just gonna ignore it i guess um they always keep they keep trying uh i I don't care for Disney's live actions. I also think that, you know, Disney buying these properties is their way of saying, we don't just make kids movies anymore. Um, I'm already kind of tired of the classic Disney animation, their, like, 3D style now, or their, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, I don't care for it. I don't think it's very interesting. I think it's boring. I think that it's sad that they have these wonderful concept artists who do some fabulous work and then they go with the most generic ass shit I've ever seen in my life um and it's not like it's not an excuse of like oh we don't have the the technology because Spider-Verse did some fucking amazing shit 
that was completely stylistic. And they apparently, you know, if they didn't have the technology, they fucking made it. And if anybody has the money to figure out these things, it's Disney. So, fuck off with that shit. Um, and I mean, like, not to be mean to any of the people who are working as, um, artists for Disney. Like, I think, like I said, the concept art is always fucking amazing and beautiful. And then, like, all of the, all of the people making the models and animating them, that's hard work. But I just think stylistically, overall, their movies have not grown in the past 10 years. And they're, it's boring. I don't care for it. Like, and them continuing to expand their monopoly on properties and studios just means more of that bullshit. And, like, I think part of it is, you know, when they bought Star Wars, it's like, okay, we don't just make baby movies anymore. But the feeling Star Wars has now is very Disney. Um, And Disney always has these rules about what kind of content it's going to present to people. Even if it's not necessarily a family film, it's still a family film in that it has their values all over it. So if only one person is producing the content, only a certain amount of content is going to be made. And yeah, they've made strides towards diversity, but like, they're not real. They're just enough to appease centrists and then move on. You know what I'm saying? Oh, look, you have one character of color. Congratulations. Oh, this person, if you squint who was like a side character who is really dumb for a like a villain is like possibly gay like oh thank you an avocado i this is what i always fucking wanted like fuck off (laughs) i'm just i'm just frustrated i think um because as like as a this i think this goes there's a theme for me this time and it's art Um, as a person who loves art and creativity and wants to see, you know, film is an art, TV productions are an art, animation, it's an art, like, these are our stories, but, like, if you only have one company monopolizing the industry, then you're only gonna get one kind of content, and I don't care for it very much, um... And, like, I'm not saying that this discounts every wonderful film Disney's ever made. Like, of course not. But I, and I don't think it's the apocalyptic end-all, but I think it's just good to be conscious of it. Like, I, sitting there at my nephew's birthday party, and these, like, the upper middle class white women are like, oh, yeah, I'll pay for Disney streaming. I don't see how this could possibly hurt anyone. And listen, my brother is absolutely not the most woke man on the planet. Let's let's just let's just put that out there. But even he was like, listen, Disney makes a shit ton of money and they don't pay their employees very well. Like there's a discrepancy between the amount of money they're making and the amount that their employees are are paid and able to live like a life on their wages and he's not wrong and i think it's just like it's just frustrating this like idea of moving towards private streaming and all of these properties that are now owned by one person it's frustrating when you're watching it and there's nothing you can do about it um and that's my salt (laughs) it's my full tinfoil hat (laughs) jesse Well, we got one bit of imported salt this week from Lord of the Podcast Brooches uh, at night underscore twitten. Hey folks, my salt for this week is capitalism. 
Big mood. I'm applying for a lease on a house with Aaron, and this has forced me to make more phone calls in one day than I have in the past three months. Together, we can definitely afford rent, but they just need every single bit of information on our entire lives, it seems, and I'm just drowning in stress about all this. Which is dumb. The house is really nice, especially compared to Aaron's current apartment. It's situated really well for work. It's a nice area, and although it's a little shabby, with a little fixing up, it'll make a lovely home. But we're going to be renting it, obviously. I don't know if anybody in this generation can afford to actually buy a home at this point. Which got me thinking. I don't actually know a single person under the age of 35 who owns their own property. The rental market is a mess. The actual buying market is even worse, and I just... Look at all these houses that go unoccupied because no one can afford them, or at run-down hovels that landlords seem to think are worth 300 a week. And I just want to grab the world and go, money is dumb and fake, these homes already exist, let's just put people in them! But instead they sit around until they get bought up by foreign investment companies because the ground is worth more than the potential home sitting on it. And these companies just hold on to them and leave them empty because land is a really great way to make an investment that doesn't lose value. Some days I wish bartering was still a thing. I'd rather make some wonderful art each week and give the realtor a, a hand job than have to stress over money like this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you killed me. It feels like at some point relatively soon there's going to be a tipping point where we either rein in capitalism and keep it strictly controlled or fall even further into the sci-fi dystopian future we're already heading for. Also, the dick-sucking robots that thing that's going around recently creeps me out. I would not trust that kind of thing with any part that could be considered remotely sensitive. And then a few days later, we got joyful update. We got the place at least. Yay! Yay! Um, that dick-sucking robot. I listen, I wouldn't trust that thing with my finger, let alone my dick. <laughs> I know, and I get it, because I, you know, one of my, um, one of my cis guy friends was like, well, it is really intimidating sometimes to, like, go into a place and jack off into a cup, and I'm like, I get it, that's not the, that's not gonna set the, I couldn't imagine going to a hospital to jack off, like, that's the last thing that I would think about, but, like, Bro, I don't want to put my dick in, in that robot. I'm sorry. Like, I, that thing, you know those, like, those, cu- those like, curling irons that, like, suck your hair into them to curl it? No. That pretty much universally no. rip out your hair? Yes. Like, that's what I'm worried will happen to my, my dick that I don't have. But, like, my <laughs> dick. Um, and so, like, fear, uh, but also the fear of, like, how many, like, I don't want this to become a thing that literally just, like, now everybody gets their dick sucked by a robot and, like, even sex workers lose their jobs from fucking automation. Detroit like, Become Human 2018. Just Detroit Become Human! I hate this! I hate this! God damn it. Uh, because you remember you know, like, that bit? <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. Like, sex work is a legit job, but it's no, not. No, appar- I'm not trying to say yeah, that. Yeah. No, no, no. And it, like, it, like, it's, but like, apparently, it's not immune to fucking autumn automation. Like, that's the scariest fucking shit I've ever heard in my life. Something that I think is so intrinsically a human human value. And I'm like, nope. Apparently, you can get your dick sucked by a robot. Um, if you're brave enough. If you're brave enough, if you wanna, if you wanna do it, you have to face the consequences of your actions. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Also, like we all know, as I as I previously say, my opinions do not reflect the opinions of the other members of this podcast, nor any guest who has po- guested on this podcast. Um, there's my little uh, disclaimer. But fuck capitalism. And I know people are gonna be like, Jesse, it's not that easy. You can't just fuck capitalism. And I'm like, well, first of all. 
I would not even get to second base with capitalism. But <laughs> second of all, like, I understand. There's a lot of frustrations, um, yeah. especially about living here where I live, um, the housing market's starting to get pretty bad, too. And even the rental market, like, there's all these gigantic, sarcastic, air quotes, affordable housing apartments mm-hmm. that are just empty because the people who need affordable housing can't afford them. Um, yeah. Because they're paying, like, they're asking $1,200 a month in rent, but you're not allowed to make more than $30,000 a year if you live in these. And... If you're making $30,000 a year, you're probably making about $1,200 a month. So I guess you just have to sit in your cold, dark apartment and, and starve to death because you can't afford yeah. anything else. I mean, we, I mean, I live in California, which, uh, though Jake and I live in um, the, like, I live in the north and he lives in, uh, what what is, what is King's Landing? Um <laughs> We both we both have the wonderful uh, joy of living in heavily populated areas with big industries. Um, like SoCal has the entertainment industry, and NorCal has the tech industry. Uh, and like, there's no escape. There's no escape. And like Silicon Valley, you can you can look for a place even like thirty or forty miles outside of Silicon Valley. Um, in any direction and it's still because people will still commute that um ridiculously expensive and like i'm talking like these apartments that are shitty and run down but the only people who can afford them are the people making big bucks like working in the tech industry but not big enough bucks that they can buy a home because you actually have to be like a billionaire to do that a millionaire um Homes are going for millions of dollars that are, like, a a tiny, like, three-bedroom house. Like, come on. One story. Like, I... I just... It's terrifying. And, like, you know, I'm thinking about, like... I look at places and I'll be like, oh, yeah, um... If you if you want to live in this place for six fifty a month, you can live in my basement. Uh, it does have you a can bathroom. Live in a, you can live in a single tiny closet bedroom in my basement. Is what you can get for six fifty a month. <laughs> uh, there was legitimately a basement, which is impressive to me because like we can't have basements because we're so close to the water table. So their house is actually lifted up on like these stilt things. So you did have a nice window, but it was a basement. <laughs> um, and so, it, I don't know, it's just, it's frustrating. And, like, the whole thing about, like, these places buying up, essentially, land, because the land gains value over time, but the things that are on top of them do not. I mean, there was just a huge John Oliver on um, mobile homes, which is also a huge thing in America, um, that are not actually mobile, because yeah. if you try to move them, yeah. After um, they've been in a location for long enough, they settle, and then if you try to move them, they just break apart. They also yeah. depreciate in value, kind of like a car that you can sleep in, as the guy on the show said. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's 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 super frustrating because, for me, it was always presented as, like, well, if you're low-income, you can always live in a mobile home. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, you can't because you'll be priced out of your rent because the person who owns the land beneath you knows that you cannot go anywhere, that you are trapped. Um 
And that's just frustrating. Just the the nature. And, like, the people will straight up say, oh, they're chapped. That guy, the CEO, who's like, it's like a Burger King where they're chained to their tables and they can't leave. It's, like, the perfect <laughs> place. Yeah, I'm like, dude, what kind of evil fucking villain What kind monologue? of mustache-twirling supervillain bullshit? <laughs> I get so fucking terrified that these people are real. I'm like, God, how do you sleep? How do you fucking sleep at night? These are the actual people that I'm like, how do you fucking sleep at night? Not people <laughs> drawing furry porn. I'm just like, how do you sleep does- quite well? I'm sure. Yeah, they, on their million dollar gold silk sheets of thread made from I was referring hairs. to the furry porn artists, but yeah, oh, yeah they the also furry porn artists sleep are fine. well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, the furry porn artists are also, you know, they're, they're just making, they're doing their best. Um, they're the, because the furries are the Medici family of our, uh, of our generation. But aside from that, <laughs> like, yeah, I I see your frustration and I feel this post in my bones. But congratulations on getting the plays. Yay! Yay! Um and with that, uh that's our show tonight. Um where can we find you on the internet, Jesse? You can find me on Twitter as <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter as at Filthy Wizard, and you can find me on Twitch and Instagram as Filthy Magic User. My Patreon, if I haven't scared you away, is linked in my bio. And you can find me on Twitter and Twitch as Humanity Upgrade, and on Facebook and Instagram as Crowfeather Cosplay. You can find our editor and wayward co-host Jake on Twitter as at Jake underscore Lionheart. You can find our podcast on Twitter as at Podcast Salt. You can listen to our podcast anywhere you get podcasts, including iTunes, Spotify, Fireside, etc. Um, if you like the show and you would like to help out the show, please consider con- contributing to our Kofi page. That's ko-fi.com slash salt report. And remember, kids... Be real careful about strange robots. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. <laughs>